0: Hello friends, welcome to the Christchurch Port Orange Midweek Podcast, where we deep dive into the scriptures we examined from the previous Sunday morning without the constraint of time, as well as discuss questions and topics of interest from members of our Christchurch family. I'm Pastor Jesse Jarvis, your host. Let's dive in. Well, welcome back, everybody who's listening. It's good to be with you today. I think the podcast title will be something like, Random Stuff we're in a um, transitionary season here at the fourth quarter of 2023. We um, we just had our final fifth Sunday fun day. So for a few years now, we've been taking uh, fifth Sundays and um, having a big party instead of services. So when we went to from one service to two services, you kind of lose something because you have people that go to the same church but never meet each other. And so we thought, hey, let's take a opportunity and get everybody mixing and mingling and then even more so when we went to three services but um it's a great opportunity but we have found that it wasn't connecting with our with our folks and so uh we will have easily 600 sometimes 700 people in three services on sundays in this season that we're in we have maybe 200 people show up for sunday Funday, and it is florida and sometimes they are rather hot um nine to one on a sunday so we thought that maybe it had something to do with it, but um, I think it's just a season. And so we prayerfully concluded the season by finalizing Fifth Sunday Funday, and we had our last one last week. And so there was no sermon, and so there was no sermon questions and no uncommunicated sermon content that was the the uh, kind of conception of this podcast. So there was nothing to talk about, but there are a bunch of things going on. So I um, thought maybe we could talk about a few random things that would only be of interest to people in our Christchurch family. And uh, if you stumbled across this podcast searching for something meaningful, you probably have already turned it off. But I'm joined today by our producer and tech director, Bill Mayer.
1: I I hope they didn't turn it off already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you ever done that? Do you listen to podcasts? Yeah, but like, yeah, intentionally. Yeah. Uh, But like usually I feel like I, I give it a minute before, you know, I'm not. We're like thirty seconds in. I'm that's like. true. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm projecting myself and other people.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like I'm like okay, there's gonna be meat here somewhere. Like let me just hold on, and, and you know, after I finish the episode, I'm like, listen, I don't like this. I'm all, I'm gone. All right. So let's talk about podcast styles for just a second. So I I love
0: podcasts because I'm a big listener. I'm an audible book listener. I'm like I just can't sit still, and I have a hard time reading, and my comprehension's higher when I listen. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I have like podcasts that i follow and i'm like waiting for new episodes and then i have like podcasts that i find because there's some topic that's going on like right now this this conflict in the middle east or near east and so i'm like who's talking about this and i want to hear the right version and the left version and the upside down versions and so i'm just looking to people i don't typically listen to and i'm looking on a topic right But then I also listen to podcasts when I'm researching a topic and I want to listen to a specific deep dive on something that's like way outside the interest of a normal Tuesday or whatever. So I'll listen to some podcasts, but a lot of podcasts,
1: they have this like personality approach where they banter at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're just like going telling jokes and they're like, you got to wait 10 minutes to get actually into the topic.
0: Yeah. So they'll like set up the topic and then you're like, oh, I want to listen. I want to hear about that. But then they talk about random stuff they don't care about. And that's because, like, I think people have, like, a celebrity culture, like, inclination, where they, like, like, I listen to the Holy Post sometimes, which is Phil Vischer, the guy that created VeggieTales. And he kind of represents, like, the center left of Christianity. So, he's definitely, like, centrist in terms of, like, traditionalism in a lot of different ways. But then he also kind of leans left on some topics. So, I'm always interested to find out, like, what's the center left thinking. And they're in central Tennessee, Nashville area. So, like, there's that whole... Little like mega church and center mindset that's happening there, both left and right. Some interesting stuff, but uh, they just chat for like 15 minutes. So I always like, skip ahead, I skip past the chatting.
1: I think that's like a pro user tip, really. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes I just enjoy, I'm like, who are the, I mean, for me at least, I'm like, who are these people? Like, what are you like? What's your character? Like, am I gonna like what you're gonna say? You okay. know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you deliver information? Like, because it comes out a little bit in the banter, you know, it does. You're like, oh, yeah, it's like ethos building. Yeah. Yeah. So you get people's personality and their take and their angles. Yeah. So I buy, I buy into it at least, you know, like, Hey, what? Oh, okay. I, I kind of like how this guy's like mentioning these things or what, you know? I yeah. don't know. So I get a little, a little, for me, it's just like a little build up. and am like, okay, let me hear what he has to say. Or I'll, I think maybe I'll turn off. If, I'm not, i probably don't listen to as much as you do, but like.
0: Maybe that's what it is. Maybe for efficiency's sake, I go, okay, I'm not going to get to, I'm not going to get to anything meaningful. And so I just bail. So maybe that's me. Maybe I'm projecting that onto our listening audience. I mean, maybe, maybe
1: they're actually like that though. Who knows? Maybe they're fascinated by this uh, dialogue. Maybe they're still listening. I hope. Yeah. I mean, if you are, you are. So <laughs> <laughs> it is a little ethos building for us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On your last podcast. Yes. Also on my last podcast, which is the big
0: announcement. So if you stuck around long enough to recognize the value of our podcast, uh, big announcement, um, Bill is transitioning which is exciting. It's actually super exciting because God's given Bill an enormous heart for worship and creating encounters with Jesus and an inclination towards the prophetic. And so he's had to put all of those gifts and impulses and desires into a suitcase for the last several months and has been dug down deep in the tech world for us. And the Lord has opened a new door for him, which is super exciting.
1: Yes, it's exciting and scary. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's not really scary, I guess, at this point. It was it's scary like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's scary <laughs> when you have no idea what's going on. And I was like, Lord, I trust you. What are you doing? Uh-huh. Just show me what you want to do. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Keep, the, uh, keep the extra stuff off the table.
0: And so there's still, obviously still some unknowns, because anytime you do
1: something new, there's stuff that you just don't know. Yeah, it's just like, but I'm like, I'm excited for new. So tell everybody what you'll be doing. Oh, yeah, so I just... Um, I'm going to be the worship director at Crossroads church in Daytona off of big tree and Clyde Morris,
0: one of our partner churches through fusion night. Yes. So we've been working closely with the Crossroads crew, particularly the youth end of the Crossroads crew, but great church, historic church here. They've been around for a very long time and, um, just awesome people right here in our community. And, um, so that's exciting. Didn't see that coming, but the Lord was just stirring up that desire to lead worship in you
1: yeah oh well I guess it's a good time to tell the story maybe, yeah when we deal with it. so um yes yeah, so I've been like doing tech because we need it and we're doing stuff and um it it, it happened that somebody asked me to lead a fusion worship what well, fusion is the like conglomerate youth group meeting where like 15 youth groups once a month meet and have a giant youth group it's it's phenomenal it's so cool and um somebody asked me to eat and I was like listen I'm not the worship director I'm just the tech person like go away <laughs> more or less. I was like, D- I just, tr- I, you know, I shut them down. I was like, I'm not doing this. And then they were like, listen, if I ask Jesse, will you do it? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So Jesse says, yes, of course. I, I know you're going to say yes, but I was like, if you need to go that far, that's fine. I'll do it. And so I did, I led, it was awesome. The Lord showed up. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was at, it was actually at Crossroads and that like led to a series of like open doors where I started chatting with people, but I felt most alive Leading worship, and I was like, Man, I just this is what I want to do. I don't, I don't mind doing it in the closet, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, if you go to church here, you know, like, I, I do well at tech, mm-hmm. we, we make things smooth, but it's not like, uh, my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So I'm excited to build worship culture, teams, and thing, things that I did before. Yeah. So I'll just operate in my groove, and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So that's like that's I guess that's just how it started. I skipped most of the middle parts cuz there're lots of waiting and meetings. And uh-huh, yeah, it's so fast. <laughs> it's so fast when the announcement comes out. <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Oh, wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. It's all like, "Oh, that was exciting."
0: But the the lead up to it can be a little tumultuous and
1: yeah cuz you didn't know you don't really know the whole time you're like hey I'm having a meeting do I fit here yeah. this is this a culture fit like yeah. am I going to be okay here like are you guys going to be okay that I'm here you know mm-hmm. and uh so just we just had meetings cuz I don't I don't I didn't know them at all yeah so I just we just hang out and chat for an hour like a week once yeah. a week and talk about anything any questions that I had or expectations that they had or and um so yeah so I'm excited I'm excited to get back into doing the things that I feel called to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's good. And um, yeah, and then really just like, I hopefully just give those things to other people because that's like, I feel like my heart and everything is like, hey, what can I give you right now? Like, is there anything in my heart that I can pass on to you that will benefit you?
0: Yeah, it's good. So. That's a big part of our ministry model. This whole time has been the whole empowered missional community. We go back to that empowered piece. Like we recognize that God has equipped every single believer For their role in the kingdom. And so we're talking vocational ministry, you and I. And so this is a vocational ministry shift, but across the board, no matter where, what you do for work, what part of the country or world you live in, what kind of family situation that you have, like there's unique gifts and calling on every person. And so we should always be in like a, a movement, a journey towards walking in the fullness of what God's called us to do. And so if you ever find yourself just like I'm doing a thing, it's a valuable thing, but it's not what's in my heart to do. Like, Don't be afraid to like pursue, what does that look like? What does it look like for me to pursue an, an opportunity that fills and fulfills that part of me? And the beautiful part about walking in your calling is there's not a level of burnout, there's because it's so life-giving to you. You can like just dump hours and time and energy and thoughts and it, it fills you up, it doesn't suck the life out of you. And so a lot of people, especially in our American culture that's driven by the bottom line, or whatever there's all sorts of different cultural motivations um people just walk through seasons where they're just having their life sucked out of them and and don't recognize that like god made you for something and if you're not if you're not experiencing the filling of that of the doing of that then maybe there's something different for you to do and don't be afraid of that
1: yeah and i think one of the i guess the most valuable parts of my last season in tech were you know i was asking the lord because he wasn't like hey i want you to do tech. I want you to do these things. For me at least, you know, asking the Lord, like, because Lord, I want to please you. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I was like, if you want me to do tech and and this is where I'm supposed to be, then that's awesome. I will sit I will come through it. And one of my attitudes that I developed was like, Lord, if you're gonna crush me right now, like cause this is hard, and I understand it's hard and like the natural inclination is to just run. Yeah. I'm like I'm out, right? I like crushing. I don't like this at all. Yeah. And I'm out. And but my I was like, let me just stay and make sure I get my footing and wait for to see what the Lord says before I move. Because what if he's wants to build something in me right now that only comes through this crushing. So I was like, really like, Lord, let me see what you're doing. Let me see the oil that's coming out of this. Like what kind of character are you building in me? Because my character is going to go with me with. Yeah. So I can't run from that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it only comes through. So I've been taking a lot of like, yeah. Uh, solace in like, man, God's building, he's doing an eternal work in me. He's building character through this. He's, um, you know, it, it just last night I was in like a little mini Bible study. It was like, you know, he's giving me experience that I can use to comfort somebody else. Yeah. And just like all these, all these good things that we don't look at. Cause we're like, Oh, I want to just do fun things. And I want to, uh-huh. so for me it was like a whole, and I actually have a friend who's going through the same kind of situation where he's, he's in tech, but he feels like he's supposed to stay. Oh, okay. So I was like, wow, that's so cool that like we had the same journey in a way but yep. like god has specifically tailored our journeys to be different but like to us yeah. personally because you know you are his end goal your sanctification is his work yeah so it's been cool like to engage in that i think so that's a really valuable
0: juxtaposition right so if we're going to talk about some random things surrounding things that are going on um okay so well, on the one hand we talked about um the, the, the idea of being gifted called empowered and pursuing that calling, even if it means walking out of a comfortable situation, even when it's draw, pulling the life out of you, you're going, I could do this, but I'm, but I'm feeling something's missing. And so pursuing that's not a bad thing. Right. And then you're drawing on the other hand, this juxtaposition between, okay, but sometimes God calls you to do a thing that is not a thing that gives you life, but he's doing it because he wants to do a thing on the inside of you. And so whether you, that's a crushing or pressing, sometimes it's referred to, um, or it's just circumstances that God is using to bring about good in you for the future. Um, you don't want to just be a runner. We don't want to run. We don't want to just always run away from um, this doesn't feel good or this isn't fun for me or this isn't fulfilling for me. And so, okay, sometimes we go, we should pursue it. Other times you go, no, this is. So how how then do you know which is which? And so there's a real, um, I think there's a value in processing how how do we hear from god or interpret through his leadership of us what he's doing and when right so there's i did a series um years ago now uh hearing god it may be available on the podcast and we were just talking about that before the show started where how to find things but might be on the old podcast the old podcast yeah there's two podcasts so if you're listening on this podcast you found us as of 2023 uh, or you followed us through the transition but we used to have an old podcast that we don't actually have Access to upload or edit any longer, and so
1: that's static and existing. And it contains all of the older stuff. All the old stuff, yeah. Just search for Christchurch Port Orange with yeah. the white logo. That may not get updated when.
0: Yeah, might be the old logo at some point. Yeah, uh, but Christchurch Port Orange, all four words, and you'll find all the old stuff, and then it'll just end. Um, it'll end in the middle of August 2023, I think. Um, but we were talking about. Uh, hearing God, so hearing God is a series, but it was it, there's different ways that we hear God, and sometimes we have like a deep, personal, subjective sense of God is saying, "Do this thing." It's kind of like Abraham, like get up and go to the land that I will show you, and we go, man, I just know that this is what God's called me to do, and that can be a very powerful and sustaining experience. Um, I had an experience like that when I was 18 years old, and really. I gave the Lord my whole heart. I wasn't just asking him to save me. I wasn't just identifying as a Christian. I was recognizing that um, my own heart was just prone to idolatry and to being in control of everything and wanting what I want and was marginalizing God relationally and in priorities. And um, as a teenager, he just got a hold of my whole heart. And when I repented and really turned to him, um, I said, I'll do whatever, whatever you want. You're number one, And you tell me what two through 10 are, and I'm just going to order my life around following you. And it was in that season that I felt like a very powerful, subjective, strong sense to vocational ministry, which is not anything I'd ever desired or thought about. And so I pursued that. And for the last 20 years, actually this week, um, I've been on staff with churches and it's been really hard. There's been a lot of very difficult circumstances when it would have been easy to run and when I felt like running but it was having heard God's voice that kept me in it. It really wasn't about God doing a pressing work or crushing work, or he does do that. He doesn't waste anything. And so he did do that, but that wasn't his purpose. His, His purpose was revealed in the call. And so I stayed in it because of the call, but what do you do when you don't have that call? What do you do when you started this because it was a need or you started this because it was a good idea or because it was what your parents did before you and it was a natural fit? Like, what do you do when you're statically in an environment and you're asking God what he wants you to do and you don't feel fulfilled and it is drawing the life out of you and there, there is a pressing that's happening and you'd like to do something different or you'd like to go try something different and you're asking God and it's just silence. And so we've been having this conversation, Bill and I as friends, just what does it look like in this season to hear from God? Because sometimes he just says, get up and go. And sometimes he directs your circumstances where it's outside of your control and you have to do a thing that you wouldn't have otherwise chosen for yourself. But what about when it's in your hands and you're trying to interpret? And so in this particular season, Bill is just sharing with me how this hasn't been like a God said, get up and go to crossroads, but this burden didn't lift for worship and this desire wasn't gone. And so in the pursuit of it, there seemed to be like this like series of like Attached puzzle pieces, like, oh, look, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, and that's not unlike what we walked through this summer with our missional pivot when we put our building plans on hold uh, here in Port Orange, and then ended up buying our second campus. Was like, okay, this is this seems like maybe something the Lord's doing, not a thing we would have thought of. We weren't looking for it, we weren't pursuing the strategy, but now we're at a, we're at a dead end. We're between a rock and a hard place, and then there's this ram in the thicket, essentially. Uh, But in order for us to make that pivot, we need to be able to interpret that this is from the Lord. And so here's like four miraculous doors that would have to open that are outside of our control. And so, you know, I'm looking at those doors going, I can't, we can't do this without these things all opening. But if this is the Lord, let's knock on them and see what happens. And as we did, it was just one, two, three, four. And so I never heard God's voice saying, go by the first Presbyterian church in Daytona. But as a subjective sense in our spirits as a, as a board, as a leadership team to go, man, it seems like this is what God's doing. And if it is him, then it will definitely have to go like this. And then it did. And so that's a way of interpreting circumstances to recognize that you're being shepherded. And I think it's important that we grow in our experience of following Jesus and hearing his voice because he is consistent in that he is faithful, but he is unpredictable and sometimes leads us in new ways to reveal himself and to grow us. And so it's not a one size fits all. Hearing from God is not this. Here's how you do it. And that's it.
1: And even last year when I left to go to Jesus school was a completely different uh, set of circumstances. I was gardening and the Lord just impressed upon me. And I knew he's like, Hey, turn in your notice, like your six months notice. And I had no plan for anything. And I was like, all right, let me sit on this for a couple days. (laughs) <laughs> make sure that this is the Lord. And you know, and then we had a chat and, and we did that. But like, I didn't know until like two months after into this, that I was like, Oh we, Lord, you want me to go to Jesus school. But like the fact that the God's like turning your notice was like so distinct and so clear. Right. And now I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do, Lord. Right. I'm like, so like just open-handed, like, all right, I'm, I'm down to do anything that you want to do. And, um, but I feel like I just want to mention this is like if this is unusual to you and you're like here and you're just serving God, like there's like this is like scriptural in a way like God asks you to walk with him. One of the words in the New Testament is Gnosko to know by experience mm-hmm. as opposed to like to know by Facebook right. or to know because I've read it in a book and I have no experience doing the thing. But um, like he says in John ten thirteen, like my sheep know my voice. Like they know by experience, they've heard my voice or like another interesting one is John 17 three. This is eternal life Mm -hmm. that you know, you know, by experience, God, the father Mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ, his son. And so like something that helped me understand to hear God's voice or even that, you know, or something that actually paralleled my experience, like first becoming a Christian and trying to hear the Lord Mm -hmm. was this book by Henry Blackaby called experiencing God. Yeah. And I kind of like just regularly give out copies now. Like (laughs) anytime I find one, I'm like, Oh, this is uh, okay, cool. You're giving this away for free. Great. I'm going to hold this. I'm going to give it to somebody else. But he basically described my whole experience hearing the Lord on paper. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, okay. And you know, and it's a good refresher every time I have the audio book Every once in a while I'll go back and listen to it. But on like how to hear the Lord, it's not just the Lord doesn't want you to come and just do stuff for him. Right. He wants you to like walk with him, to know him by experience. So, you know, just for, just for a grid for anybody that's like, wow, what's actually happening? Like hearing from the Lord.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it can be scary and it involves trust both uh, towards the Lord and also for other people, because, you know, as we're, following God and we are hearing his voice, uh, it is relational. It is subjective. Like he does speak to all of us in his word, um, clearly. And there's a lot of things that are true for all of us all the time, but he also is leading us as a shepherd and teaching us and tuning our ears to his voice so that we come to know when he's speaking to us. He interacts with our consciences. He interacts with our spirits. He answers our prayers and he moves in and around us. If we're tuned into him and, and disposed toward him to follow, we will learn what those things are. In fact, I think that series hearing God, I, I think I wrote that after somebody came to me having read the Henry Blackaby book and they were like worried about, Oh, this is going to, this could just go crazy. Cause if people just think God told them to do a thing and they respond to it with that level of like authority, like that that could be like life altering in a bad way, you know? Um, and and so like it, there was, it was like, um, I, was, I, was, I remember thinking like, yeah, but you do want to hear God's voice. And so there's errors you can avoid. You know, because God's consistent. So if you're not praying and you don't read the scriptures and you don't talk to anybody who you trust about the things that you're doing, you just listen to the voice in your head. Yeah, that could be a problem. (laughs) Yeah, because whose voice is that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is it yours? Is it somebody else? Is it some diabolical influence? So um, you you don't want to just listen outside of any type of context to any voice that you hear. But you do want to recognize that as you're following God, as you're saturating yourself in his word, as you're walking in community with his people, and as you have a disposition towards him that you can trust what he's saying, even when it's unpredictable or unknown or unforeseen. And that can happen through, you know, un, uh, uncontrollable circumstances, um, can happen through subjective sense on the inside, you know? And so y- when you have those, you you want to manage them well. If you're a, If you're a, a married person, you want to bring that to your spouse immediately, pray together about that, ask God to speak to them too, if they're not on the same page. And if it's going to have big impacts on your family, you want to, Bring them through that carefully, but ultimately we're in a relationship with the Lord, and He's so patient too. Like God does sometimes tell us to get up and do a thing, um, and sometimes it feels like a whirlwind and it feels super fast, like this. But at the same time, like um, God's after our highest good, He's doing a million things that you can't see, and every every time a person responds to God in um, humility and obedience and contrition and repentance and movement in His direction, God. God, uh, turns that into just beauty everywhere. And so we want to be, we want to be eager and willing and ready to go. But we also are like, it's not, there shouldn't always be like a, you know, everything's not an emergency, you know, sometimes there's real emergencies, but everything's not an emergency.
1: And I think I think one of the best things you can do is to, uh, in, in this way, mess around and find out. Like, I remember yeah. when I was first trying to hear the voice of the Lord, like I, I was just obsessed with Jesus <laughs> And I was like, man, is that you, Lord? Do you, are you asking me to stand out under this lamp, lamp post? Like I remember being on the embryo campus and I would just go out there and stand there and see if it was the Lord. Yeah. And if not, right. Like you were talking about consistency. Like, so how well do you know your Bible? Like, is God gonna ask me to go like do things that are against his character? No, nope. nope. Right. Like <laughs> So like, if you, if you start with that plane, like maybe he will ask you to give an amount that you're uncomfortable with or. Right. You know, but he's not going to ask you to do immoral things yeah. or like, I want things. you to
0: steal a car for me.
1: No, yeah, no, no. that's not. Yeah. yeah. Even when Jesus <laughs>
0: sent the disciples to get the donkey for the, the triumphal entry, he said, they'll know, tell yeah. them, tell he, them I need it.
1: Tell them the master needs. Oh yeah. <laughs> he here he, here's your donkey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, go through that and the Lord will bring, give you favor and, and do those things. Cause he wants you yeah. to experience him anyways. So you think that like God's on your side, the only problem that you have to, the hurdle that you have to get over is your own self-image. Yeah. to be saying I'm willing to get this wrong right. and you can practice one of the cool things, the teachings that I've run through is that where they're talking about, you know, just preface with, Hey, I'm practicing hearing the voice of the Lord. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something prophetic, you know, Hey, yeah. I'm practicing. This might not be the Lord, yeah, but, and then they'll know their heart's going to jump within them. And they're like, wow, this is the Lord or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, because, um, I mean, like for some reason, like prophecies, like really ramped up for me in the last couple weeks. And, and, um, I was at a prayer service, pre-service prayer meeting, and this guy. There was no room in this room that I was in, and this guy from across the room calls me over, it, and we sat there. And the whole time, I was sitting there praying. Everybody's praying, and I just could not think anything other than this guy's called to be a pastor in Iraq. Wow. And I just kept thinking it. I kept thinking it, and I eventually at the end of the service, or yeah, at the end of this meeting, I, I shook his hand and I, I said, "Hey, hi, what's your name?" You know, and I kind of like led into it. I was like, "Are you? Do you feel called to be a pastor?" And he's like, yeah, people say that, but not right now. And I was like, okay, like, I was like, do you feel called to be pastor in a foreign nation? And this guy's from Switzerland already. So, you know, mm. he's, he's foreign to begin with, but he's like, yeah. And then he, he like, he, he perked up and he's like, what, what it's good. What are you about to tell me? And I was like, Hey, do you feel called to be a pastor in Iraq? And then he told me that three people had prophesied in, in his church in Sweden. Wow. Uh, or Switzerland, sorry, right before he came over here, same exact thing. And now every time I see him, he yells at me, he's like the man of God. And I'm like, no, no, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, no, I leave was me just alone. <laughs> Do not draw any attention to me. Right. Like go away. <laughs> yeah. But like in order to get to those levels that you may want to see, like God move through you, you have to be willing to be risky right. and get it wrong. Yeah. You could be getting it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's messy. Just clean it up, be right. responsible and clean up your mess. You're an adult probably.
0: Yep. <laughs> and there's a disposition of humility too, where we don't, we don't have like this comp. I mean, I, maybe at some point you would. I I don't think I ever would, but like to go, God is calling you to Iraq. Today is your day. You know what I mean? Like you're coming yeah. to it with the humility of going, hey, is this, you know, you're not doing nothing with it. You're not sitting on it, hiding under a basket, yeah. but you are submitting it to another person for their
1: you know yeah, and you're not like thus saith the Lord right this is for you and you're right. like I'm like hey you know you I mean because what does it say like you know if you read through the gifts in first Corinthians like 12 and 14 right like prophecy yeah. is subject to prophet right so like other prophets can verify that if you're having a prophetic word like yeah. oh hey that is from the Lord yeah
0: yeah it can be worked out in community and in humility yeah I'm, I'm sure that some of our listeners have come from um, in backgrounds where there was that thus saith the Lord prophetic disposition and like, what, what do you say to that? You know, it's the same thing when you have somebody who tells you that God told him to do a thing like, okay, <laughs> like he outranks me. So I guess what I think doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So there is a way in which we can subjectively um, like take control over a situation by using God. And listen, you're going to give an account for that. So make sure it's the Lord. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just don't do it that way. You know, yeah. trust the Lord enough to like um, to process it in community. Yeah. And like, that's what we want to do. Like we, you know. We want, we, I like as Bill's friend, like I could see that there was like a, a deep longing inside of him that was being suppressed in this new role, Mm
1: -hmm. you know?
0: And I knew you were willing to do it. You're willing to like walk with us and figure this out together and to be here. But like, like I care about you and I care about the mission. I'm not worried about like who's going to do tech and who, how's this going to happen in the future? Like God's got all that. He's going to rearrange. He can rearrange everything however he wants to. We just want to be where he wants us to be doing the piece he wants us to do. And so like, let's be a community of people that make it a safe place to process hearing the Lord and let's, let's involve each other and let's pray with each other. And like, let's be supportive and um, not be afraid. So there's a fearlessness and there's a courage that I think comes with leaning into that. And there's a discovery because it is uncertain because God does do things differently in different seasons and doesn't do it the same way all the time because he's always getting more things done than just the things he did last time. And so we lean into that. We're we're going into a um a new series for November, um, that I'm calling "Return to Me," and we're going to look at four Old Testament um, minor prophets and the prophecy of invitation. It's confrontation and invitation, um, and the phrase "Return to Me" is used multiple times in the Old Testament. We're going to look at um, Jeremiah. We're going to look at Zechariah. We're going to look at Joel we may spend two weeks in Joel, so I'm not sure if we're going to get to, um, to the fourth one that I kind of scoped out. Um, and so there's one, there's also one in Nehemiah, but, um, the one in Joel is really powerful, but it also takes a little bit of time to get through. But, but God calls his people back to him. And, uh, this Hebrew, I think the Hebrew is shuva uh, Shuvah or Shuvah Shuv. Shuv. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the ending. And, um, this is, it's this call back and it's very relational. Um, and it ends up being what, turns into in the septuagint the idea of metanoia of return of repentance and so when jesus john the baptist and jesus come saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand they're saying it's time to come back to god and that's really really powerful and one of the things that um, tiffany actually pointed out to me and as we we're discussing the series this is born out of an idea that she had um, months and months ago, because we're looking for, um, as God brings more and more unbelieving people into church, which is coming to a theater near you, by the way, it's part of the reason we're making so much room is to give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus in the meeting at the moment. And that's always been like a weakness of mine. I've been like a, put it out there and then leave it with people to handle instead of creating like a close the sale, right? Heart bonky kind of a way of doing it. And, um, she just said, Hey, you know, you should study the, the call of God to return to him. And maybe just build like a, an invitation, an evangelistic invitation at, from that. And so I started doing that and I was really surprised to find, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was delighted to discover that um, God's very confrontative of his own people, Israel and their hard heartedness. And that's a slightly different arrangement that he has with us, especially if you're talking about unbelieving people coming to church, because they're not part of us if they're unbelieving or if they're not a Christian. Um, but there's a confrontation there about like a, a willful independence and a rejection of God typically it's idolatry and there's some real strong language around that. But the invitation from God is like, no matter how bad you've been unfaithful to him or how messed up you've been or how bad you've gotten it or how far away you are, um, God will always bring you home. And like for Israel, that was like um, that was geo ethnic Israel. So we're talking about people who were the, the descendants of Abraham, but who were displaced because of judgment. And they're not only called to return to God in relationship, but they were called to come back to his place of promise. And like, wow. And a big part of God's eschatological move and what we see kind of come together at the day of Pentecost. And then the missional um, age of the church, the spirit age is all about calling all of God's people, not just ethnic Israel, but all of God's people to come home and to worship him in spirit and in truth and to re-inhabit the whole earth as a, as a global Eden. And so there's this offer out there of, of returning. And so Tiffany kind of planted that seed in my mind and we started talking about that and it's kind of developed into a a sermon series there's four weeks in november and we just want to begin to create an environment where people are invited to hear god and let the holy spirit um, focus in on that invitation and here's the the coolest part is in each one of those uh, old testament texts the center is not uh rebellion the center is not even repentance the center is christ of what god would do in order for us to be able to have a way back. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the only reason there can be an an invitation, even like Jesus in Matthew 11, come to me, everyone who's weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. The reason there is a way back to God is because he has made a way. And so I'm excited to get into this. I think it's going to be a good opportunity too, especially as we've been provoking our Christchurch family to, begin to share their Jesus story and invite people into our church. And we're making room for more and more people. And we're going into a new neighborhood into a new set part of town that we have, um, we have these opportunities for people to just hear from the Lord that first time, feel that conviction and feel that draw and that pull, and then respond by giving themselves entirely back to, to the God who made them and loves
1: them. Yeah. And I think it reminds me, it always reminds me of there when God like basically prophesies of Israel's captivity, in yeah. like the Pentateuch and yeah so like but mm-hmm. I will bring you back to myself after we're done with this episode of exile in Assyria and Babylon like I'm yeah. gonna bring you back like God's heart is to be with his people yeah not to you know he's not out there just big scary God punishing everybody yeah You're like oh you you haven't been doing my things like I'm gonna punish you now but he's like hey I want you to be with me I want to reveal myself to you I want to I want to do things with you like like your optimal father, your dad. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. With nothing between the two of us. And I think
1: that, I mean, the the, the epitome
0: of this call to return is Luke 15. It's the prodigal son and it's both the lost and rebellious prodigal. And it's the lost and religious prodigal is where the story ends with the older brother. Will he go in? Will he return into the father's house or will he stay outside? Just outside. He was just there and now he's just outside. And um, that's that that lingering question in the way that Jesus phrases those three parables together as one parable. um, So that's definitely going to feature well in the series.
1: Yeah, Uh, something that's like actually in in the book of Luke that like really caught my attention recently is there's these three sets of parables. I think it's in Luke 12, but I'm not 100% sure. But where he he talks about is like the publican and the Pharisee and the Pharisee is like, I've earned this. Mm -hmm. I I tithe on my mint and my dill and whatever. Mm -hmm. And the the publican's like, listen, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Mm -hmm. then there's this random part about children coming to Jesus. And then there's the rich young ruler who says, Lord, I've done all of these commandments. I've earned this myself. What else must I do to inherit eternal life? Right. And then, but the real interesting thing was like, you know, there's these three things, and the children seems out of place. But Mm -hmm. one point that he makes about the children, he says, "You must receive like a child." Yeah. Like, and I've I've likened it to this analogy of if I had Oreos and I gave my kids Oreos, none of my kids are going to try to pay me for giving them Oreos. They're going to be like, "Thanks, Dad. Can I have more Oreos?" Yep. You know, nobody's going to be like, hey, what can I do to right. earn this? Yeah. And it's just like, it's just so good that, like, God's already done everything. He just wants you to receive it. Yeah. So it's just like so good. such an open invitation for you to just come in and
0: yep. to rest in it, to receive it. There's so many biblical themes, too, that are going to tie into that idea, even like the, the, the foreshadowing of Sabbath and tithe and first fruits. There's all these things that God wants us to give something to Him. That's an expression of love and trust and reliance and dependence, but it's also um, in response to what he's already done for us. That's way outside of what we could have ever done for ourselves. And so there's this this um, this faith and faithfulness. So those themes will will come up again and again and again. Um, I've been getting a bunch of questions and I'll just end here. Um, uh, I've been getting a bunch of questions about the uh, Israel Hamas conflict about Israel war and eschatology, which our last podcast began that conversation. We had uh, Jonathan Nicholas on the podcast. Um, and so I want to have a, a podcast in the next couple of weeks on uh, the topic of Zionism, which is really at the forefront of this particular issue and how that's interpreted and seen. Um, so I think I'm I'm going to call it, um, Zionism and ideology because there are Zionists and then there are anti-Zionists who are, bringing two sides of the spectrum of this conflict. And um, the question then becomes like, who has a right to this land? And then what does that mean for us, the Christian church in America, in the world? And uh, how, how should we be interacting with this conflict? That's essentially um, a land conflict. Um, And because it's a land conflict, it's an ethnic conflict. And so there's, there's threats of genocide and, and um, you know, racism and all kinds of stuff that's being tossed in here so i'm getting a bunch of questions i'm doing a bunch of research right now and i'm putting poke trying to poke holes in my own way of thinking about this particular topic and so um, i'm preparing that i'm not ready for it now or i would be doing it today Um, But I do invite your questions regarding uh, Zionism, which is the belief that the uh, Jews present on the planet should all be moving back to the uh, Israel landmass of Israel to reestablish a nation state. Um, And then, of course, there's a contention over borders because the original borders are different than the current borders and the British mandate borders. And so there's been a huge land conflict in the Near East, particularly in Israel. And you may be coming to this uh, late in the game and don't really understand the history of how this is all um, broken down. And there are um, brief histories of um, the the nation of Israel online. There's YouTube versions, and there's both the anti-Zionist and the Zionist versions of this. And so depending on who you listen to, you're going to get a very different description of um, the the justification for the existence of a nation of Israel. But uh, if you have questions about this that usually pertain to eschatology, the return of Christ, the role of Israel... Um, feel free to send those in jesse at Join with jesus j-e-s-s-e at JointwithJesus.org. and i will incorporate those questions um, into the podcast when we record it um, thanks for joining us today i've enjoyed uh, this conversation and we're excited for what god has next for bill and here we go on this journey walking with the lord listening to him going where he sends us god bless you guys Till we see you again we hope you enjoyed this week's deep dive into the scriptures Our goal is to help you know Jesus better so that you can implement your identity in Christ, engage in your unique purpose and calling, and create community around your relationship with Jesus. For more content like this and opportunities to connect with us in person, find us online at joinwithjesus.org.